Welcome to Everybody's Bad with Money. I'm AJ Schneider, founder and CEO of Beyond the Green Coaching, where we help people every single day heal their relationship with money. Join me multiple times per week where I bring you inspiring guests, solo episodes, and share tangible money and life tips you need to be your most confident, independent, and empowered self. Welcome back to Everybody's Bad with Money. My guest today is Emily Holland, podcast coach and consultant, copywriter, and editor based in Boulder, Colorado. When she's not doing all of that, she spends her time outdoors. She's an avid rock climber, skier, runner, and hiker, as well as dog mom to a rescue pup from Haiti. She's also the producer of the Nature Untold podcast, a show that tells stories of sobriety, addiction, and recovery within the outdoor community and industry. Emily is about to celebrate her first year as a full-time entrepreneur, and we chat all about that and the lessons she's learned. I think Emily's done such an incredible job setting herself up for success and is such an inspiration, and I can't wait for you to listen. (laughs) Perfect way to enter. Emily, I'm so happy you're here, and I'm so excited to chat with you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is, uh, you know, just an extension of our monthly chats that we have. I know. Have. I feel like we should just like have our month, almost kind of like we should have our monthly chat here, but before we do, because like, <laughs> I love those conversations so much. I look forward to them every month. I like get an itch. I'm like, it's like time, right? For our monthly chat. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Right. Uh, who are you? What are you? Tell, tell everybody about you. Yeah. About Emily. Emily, Emily is, oh, that <laughs> sounds terrible. Hate that. I am Emily Holland. Um, my pronouns are she and her. I currently live in Boulder, Colorado, and I am a full-time business owner, self-employed person. Um, yeah, I primarily work with podcasters and help them along their journey. So that can look like coaching. It can look like consultation. It can look like strategy work, a lot of different realms. Um, and I'm a big lover of the outdoors. That's why I live in Colorado. Uh, I'm a sober person. And maybe most importantly, I'm a dog mom to truly your dog's doppelganger. Literally. Um, that might be the most important, you know, moniker that I can have. So (laughs) (laughs) that pretty much sums it up. There's a lot more little pieces, but I'm sure we'll get into them. Yeah. So what I am... There is like this, I have no regrets, but there's definitely this part of me that was like, oh, like going the corporate route would have been like a very valuable um, piece of my 20s that just never happened. And I'm envious in like a inspired way of that journey for you because I just know you kind of have a leg up because of your professionalism, you know how to write an email, you know how to like, you know, business, you understand business and to have the entrepreneurial nature combined with that, like life experience, lived working experience is so valuable. So kind of tell me a little bit about like what you were doing in corporate America. And then what was the final moment where you're like, I need to go try and do the entrepreneur thing. 
I was in a sort of an account management role, I would say, at a market research firm. That was my longest corporate experience, almost six years at a company called Forrester. And before that, I had two very bad jobs that we don't need to talk about that lasted less than a year, both. So (laughs) that is, uh, we can talk about that. But the primary part of my corporate experience was at Forrester. And like you're indicating, I'm really grateful for that time. And I could see someone like yourself or other friends that I have that maybe didn't go that route. And I was envious the other way too, where it's like, well, maybe I should have just you know, done other things or decided and found what I loved sooner, whatever, you know, it can always look greener on the other side. But essentially I worked in an account management style role and I worked with fortune 500 to a thousand companies who basically come to our company and ask for advice on their strategy, which could mean a lot of different things, but my role was to make sure that they were happy with their services and getting the most from what we had to offer. So I was in that role for a long time and I really did learn how to, like you were indicating, like if you say like, I learned how to write an email, but that is such a valuable tool to be able to communicate with clients and potential clients and just have like a sense of professionalism that I'm really, really grateful for. And I'm grateful for being able to work with clients that were from all different types of industries as well. I think that was really helpful for me. So what I took from that was that, okay, I really like the like logistical project management, you know, sort of like overarching strategy view of working with clients. I like being the person who's interfacing with the client, but maybe market research is not necessarily what I want to do for the rest of my life. And My manager was very understanding of it. Multiple managers were very supportive of me moving out to Colorado and working remotely and then um, eventually moving on from the company. So I think the there wasn't necessarily a moment I found over my six years there that I was having these sort of peaks and valleys of like, okay, it's fine because like I make this comfortable salary and um, that feels really important to me right now. And then there would be like two weeks that I would be like, you know, F this, I want to leave. Like, this is so soul sucking, even though it was, you know, relative to other jobs, not. So I was going through this very roller coaster experience. And I think I just got to a point where through COVID, thankfully, I was able to, you know, obviously there's terrible things that happened through that, but a lot of us were able to like save money because we weren't doing a lot of the things that we normally do. So I was in a good position at the beginning of 2021 financially. I didn't have any debt. Um, I'd paid off all my student loans. Like I bought my car full out, which, you know, we can talk about the logistics of that, but um, (laughs) neither here nor there. Anyways, all to say, like I, I was set up and I was like, okay, I have enough that even if I don't make a dime for like six to nine months, I'm totally fine. And I have a partner who is very supportive as well of me following this path. And I was like, okay, this is the time. Like there's never going to be a time that it feels like hundred percent let's go, but it felt 87% let's go and 13%. Oof, this is going to be hard to leave all these cushy benefits. So that's sort of the decision. Yeah. I think so many people, I, I you had the perfect combination in an ideal world. Like I'm so grateful for the mess ups 
that I made in my first business, you know, as a yoga teacher, I'm like, what did I do? The perfect trifecta of not having debt or having control over your debt, making those strategic financial decisions, having an emergency fund, taking risk on yourself and saying, I'm going to give myself this amount of time. And if I can grow a business within this amount of time, then I am. And if not, then I'm going to go back. Plus the supportive partner who is willing to hold your hands and, and rub your back when you deal with the highs and lows of running a business, which we have talked about so many times on our calls. <laughs> yeah. In our house, we call it the sushi roll. So if I'm feeling really overwhelmed, I get, you know, tucked in under a uh, weighted blanket by my partner and that's, I'm become a sushi roll. So that's um, so cute. I <laughs> am obsessed with that. So I say, you know, like, oh, I really need a sushi roll and that's code. But yeah. And I also would say too, like, I can definitely see it being really motivating to quit without that stuff too. But for me and my financial background of like not having a lot of money growing up and feeling like almost like I was betraying the path that like my family and also just general like society laid out for me, I needed to know that I didn't have any debt and that I, you know, had enough on my own. Um, and that I wouldn't really need to rely financially on my partner, but that I would be able to, like if something terrible happened to me where I like had hospital bills or something, I knew he would step in and and sort of help me out and pay for that stuff, you know? So I do think that is so important. And unfortunately, um, not all partnerships are are like that. And I feel really grateful to, ha- to have one that is. Yeah, I would disagree that, I don't think it's motivating in the it is to leave a job without that kind of cushion. Uh, I think it's actually you're you're totally driving on fear mm. and desperation. I I I don't incur. I mean, I'm like, hey, we've all made mistakes. Learn from mine. Yeah, I am more motivated and driven with the the with the ground underneath my feet than I ever was <laughs> by like scratching to get by. Fair, fair, yeah. You know, you work in the podcast space, so I got to imagine that like, and you went to Ithaca College, like me, like I got to imagine like, you know, a bunch of artists and like, there is that feeling of like, oh, if you're really hungry, like really hungry, it's like, but there's a difference between being like really hungry and like actually literally being hungry because you can't eat. Yeah. And there's, and there's grace and lessons in that. Like I'm so, I'm, I'm not knocking that experience. And I'm so grateful I had it in my 20s when like I'm young and resilient and I can bounce back off that. Yeah. But when you're doing that over and over and over again. Totally. Like the the emotional, energetic, mental, spiritual toll on that is just debilitating. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think when I think of like my journey, which I hate using that word. It's so oh my God, overused. why? It's so overused. Okay, I what is it. your word? What's your word? Okay, so when I think about my... <laughs> the only word is journey, isn't it? What about I like, it. I think about my... Path, trail. Um, oh my God, I love trail for you. Yeah, I think that's great. Okay, I'm going to use that. Um, so when I think about my trail... <laughs> <laughs> I think like we, it's really easy for me to be like, oh, almost like downplaying the level of hubris it took for me to leave my job because I'm like, well, I 
I wasn't in debt and I did all the, all the things I was supposed to do. And, you know, I did all the right little check boxes. And so I feel a little bit of like, I didn't have ever that experience of being like, fuck it, let's see what happens, you know? So I guess I, that comment of me being like, well, maybe it's more motivating when you do X is more of a reflection of like, maybe I am embarrassed that I, <laughs> that I went down this path. That you did everything right. Well, and, but you know what I mean? Like the step-by-step sort of thing and, and not being spontaneous. And so there is a part of me that is like trying to infuse that in my business now that I think is really helpful now that I like have full control over what I'm doing on a daily basis, if that makes sense. Yeah. I have to say that as like a total risk taker personality archetype and and marrying like Capricorn Virgo, like has worked at the same company for 11 years. Like even though you were prepared, the fact that you left to do something on your own and the success that you have had is unbelievable. And the fact that you left like, 9.9 out of 10 people wouldn't do it. And so like, yeah, maybe you did everything in the correct way, but you still fucking left. And so, <laughs> and I, I mean, how many people do you know who hate what they do and they stay? Yeah, I know. I know. Anytime anyone now is like, shows me an inkling of like, oh, I don't really like my job. I'm like, quit. Just Just quit it. And I'm like (laughs) the opposite now where I'm like, okay, let's make a plan. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like make a plan and then quit. And then quit. (laughs) Or like let's, so like one of my big things, and I'm curious about this with you is that like, and and I was listening to this, um, the Chris Harder podcast and he was talking about it too. It's like, why do you have to quit your job and figure it out? Like, why can't you do it on the side to start if you want to be an entrepreneur? I mean, that's what I did. It's like, I was doing it on the side. It was great side money. It was, it was really helping me a lot, but I was building the foundation of my business so that when COVID hit, I was like, all right, I feel really solid that I have this thing that now I can go and like expand on. Mm. But, you know, there's that feeling of like, it's all or nothing. Right. Yeah. I I think there's validity in both ways of going about it. Like, I think I'm really grateful that I had already been podcasting and writing and sort of like doing creative quote unquote freelance stuff, even though I maybe wasn't paid for all of it. Um, like years before I left three years before I left. And I think that was really helpful because I made a lot of connections one in an industry that I wasn't necessarily working through with my full-time job the second part of that is that I had a lot of expertise that had nothing to do with my day-to-day job because I had done all these other things like with podcast producing and everything. So I think that really helped me for sure. And, but I can also see how like, I always was wanting more time to give to it. I was like, if only I had more time to do this, then mm. I would do X, Y, and Z. Um So I think like, I love that foundation. And I think it's like confidence building. Like I use this term that a friend shared with me a lot in rock climbing, where it's just like, you do something that maybe isn't at your hardest level, but it is something that you're like, oh, that that was a little hard for me. And um, I'm glad I did it. It's like a little 
cookie in your confidence jar. And so I think the side hustle, I hate that word hustle, but like if we think about that as like just putting cookies in your confidence jar for the inevitability of you leaving your job and starting your own thing or just continuing your own thing with more gravitas, then, you know, your cookie jar will be filled up before you know it and you'll be ready to, to go on and quit that job. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. And I think confidence is everything. You know, when I, when I really broke down, cause I love data and when I broke down, I went through every single interview that I ever had with a prospect client and I read through what would it mean if you could accomplish your goal? The number one thing people said was confidence. Mm. And I was like, oh, this isn't like a money course. This is a confidence course. This is building financial confidence. And then that confidence bleeds into every other area of their life so that they can go take risks with assurance. Yeah. Like I felt so good about my product. And I feel, I mean, the way I feel now is like a million times more than I felt a year ago Mm -hmm. because I'm so confident that it, that it's, that it works. Yeah. I think that like every client, every project, every course, like you just get that little extra, even if it doesn't go exactly how you want it to go, which many of them don't. It's just like, okay, great. I know I can do X, Y, and Z now. And for the next client project or course or whatever, I'll be able to utilize that. And it will also be more valuable because of the expertise I've gained in this last client project or course. Totally. I have like a do you because you're an entrepreneur so like you think about ever do you like do those moments where you like fucked up or like you did something that you don't like like do they like swim in your brain every oh yeah uh, yeah like oh yeah totally yeah oh god I'm like oh hey I did that thing it's like that list oh my god that list is it can break it can break you if you don't like yeah. balance it out, you know? Yeah. That's why I think that, I mean, testimonials are are really important for marketing, but they're also really important for my confidence too. I, I save those. I put them in like a folder. Um, I do a lot of screenshotting of, I know you do too, of like texts you get or DMs you get that someone was like impacted by your work in some way. Um, those are so, so important because at the end of the day, like that's why we're doing what we're doing. Of course, we want to feel freedom. We want to feel stability with our finances and all of that. But like, if you're not impacting the people around you in one way or another, um, then it feels really hollow and shallow. So I just, I have to save those because I I have to come back to them when I'm feeling like, why the fuck am I doing this again? (laughs) Yeah. It's so, it's so funny. I like, I have like a bunch of video testimonials that I got and I was with my best friend and um, she was listening to some of them and she's like, oh my God, how does this like make you feel? Or, you know, you know what it was actually, I was doing some market research and I reached out to a bunch of my best friends and a bunch of my old clients and I asked them some questions to describe me and like, it was like prompted questions and I, she was like, so like, how does this make you feel? And I'm like, honestly, like I, it, I'm, it makes me really uncomfortable. So I've just like detached myself from the product that like, I'm like, oh, you're talking about me. Like, it doesn't feel like they're talking about me because I'm like, it's very uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I know, but it's like, 
I think it is a lot of people will say like, you can't, you can't love anyone until you love yourself. And while I think that this is like a weird example, but I, I think that that's true in some ways, but I do think that when people can mirror people, you know, and trust and love can mirror back to you things that maybe you, you don't fully acknowledge within yourself yet. Oh, that's so profound. I mean, it really is. Yeah. yeah. I was, um, it was so funny. I was getting a massage yesterday and my masseuse said, you know, I would, I'm, I'm shocked you're such a worrier because I would describe you as a planner. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, like that is the <laughs> nicest compliment ever. <laughs> and, and I, and I think, you know, it's so funny. So a lot of the people, a lot of people in my space, because I, you know, you attract you like, like-minded people are very spiritual and um, I love astrology and I speak that language. And I remember when I used to read about my chart and I used to read about my signs, what they used to say, and now what they say are completely different. Pisces used to be dreamer, delusional, a hopeless romantic, like woes me. Now it's like amazing with money. I swear to I swear to God, it's what amazing with money, organized, thoughtful, <laughs> all of this stuff. I was like, and it's just so powerful. It's so powerful. Like when you change your mindset and you grow. And I think, kidding to your point of like, I think what makes me feel so confident and putting cookies in my um, confidence jar is the transformation of the way that people react to me. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I think that that has a lot to do with it. And I think that like, I, I was just on a trip with a bunch of girlfriends who we all met and study abroad 10 years ago. It was like our friendship anniversary. One of the things that we talked about was that you need people in your life. And I guess that this, this is so true for entrepreneurship or freelance or whatever is like, you need people in your life. Like you and I have, or, you know, you have like other business besties, what I call them that, you know, you talk about yourself, you talk about your business, you talk about your life and they can be like, no, that's not, it just blatantly not true. Like you're telling yourself a story that is not true right now. And this is the actual truth. And this is how people see you. And, you know, it's great to want to be confident on your own. And that internal confidence is super important. But I think having those people, especially as a solo entrepreneur, is so freaking important because oftentimes it can feel like, what, why, how, what am I doing? Like, is this really the right decision, et cetera, et cetera. And you can go down this like crazy rabbit hole. And so building out a like system of people, a network of, of people who can really be like, no, you're just being hard on yourself in this moment or no, that I don't think that's the right decision or yes, that is the right decision. And, or maybe this is the big risk you have to take and will help you like expand your thinking. Oh my gosh. I like, I'm so thankful for that as well. Like that is such a big part of my like weekly existence in this weird world of working for myself. Yeah. That was a hundred percent like a very big goal. When I came home from my honeymoon, I was like, I need friends who own businesses. And I was like, I cannot keep doing this alone. I keep, I need to talk about what I'm, what I'm experiencing and the way that I'm thinking. And it is, it is truly transformed my life having people that I can go back and forth with business because who else am I going to talk to? Like, mm -hmm. you know, 
my nine to five friends who I love, <laughs> but they can't give me the, totally. the advice and the support that I need. They just can't. They don't understand that world. And, and so to misplace that, like, you know, I'd rather use them for all the other things that I need support on. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I'm curious, you're coming on a year, right? Of, or it yeah. has it passed? Not yet. No, the end of the month. Um, wow. So we'll see. <laughs> you're a summer baby. So yeah. what do you think has been like some of the biggest takeaways from the last year? And like, feel free to be real reflective of, of <laughs> <laughs> let's dive in of like, what have you learned? What's been the biggest challenges? What's been the most fulfilling parts of this journey? Uh-huh. This this trail. Oh, this trail. Nice. Um, I think, so there's more like logistical learnings, right? Where it's, we can go through those. But I think the biggest, more like uh, big picture learnings is do it scared, but don't do things that are like in your gut, you don't feel are right. Um, meaning like if a project scares you, but like in, a, in an exciting way or a client is is reaching out to you, but it's like, oh, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm really excited by the challenge. That's great. Like follow that intuition, love that. But then there's been experiences I've had that I haven't felt a great, for lack of a better word, like vibe from someone or haven't felt like they were going to be a good fit to work with me. And I've had to say no to them as well. So I think like learning how to say no to someone um, that is trying to work with you, especially when, as we know, as business owners, finances are not every two weeks, you get a paycheck. And um, sometimes it can feel a little bit like scarce for money to come in. It's really hard to say no to clients. So I think sticking to that has been like, the thing I'm probably most proud of is like, I say no to people who I don't want to work with now because that was one of the main reasons I left my job so that I could choose who I work with. Yeah, that's huge. And I've taken on projects that I like, I'm really excited about, but I don't totally know that I can pull them off. And then when I pull them off, I'm like, hell yeah, that's, that's sick. Yeah, that's <laughs> incredible. Know? Yeah, that's a yeah. real, I'm so, that took me a really long time. I I definitely said yes to a lot of, and now it's really interesting. Like the gut check I get, and I'm like, oh no, yeah, this ain't gonna this ain't gonna work. Yeah. But that took a really long time, like a really, really. So I'm so inspired and impressed that like you figured that out in your first year because I I definitely didn't. Yeah, and I think like I, there was probably projects that I didn't get the full gut like don't do this, but there was like a little inkling, and I still took it you know? So I think it's like built up over time. It's like, I still took one project and then I like hated working on it. So the next time I had an opportunity like that, that I didn't really fully believe in. I was like, hell no. And like back to the corporate experience, like wording that in the right way so that it's not offensive to the person, but that it gets across that like, this is a boundary and you're not ready to work with me essentially. And this is why, and not feeling sorry for for saying that, you know? So I think- Can yeah, I have a, can hard. I have that canned response of that one? Cause, um, <laughs> because I've, I've definitely, like I have not done a, like, I think that that's an area for me that I can definitely improve upon of being like more firm and less like mm. emotional about it. Not that I felt emotional, but I like compensating for what I feel is like their emotional- The reaction. Yeah. yeah. So like, I love that. I love that. Like, 
you're not ready to work for me, work with me. I love yeah. just that little nugget. Yeah. And like, here's why, especially as like a coach. Totally. Like for my business, it's an, a financial time commitment. It's an investment. So if like you're not at a certain level, it's totally fine. But like, you can't work with us. Like it's just going to, there's nothing to work with. Yeah. I mean, for the, I can give you the sort of the example of this specific situation, which I felt very proud of myself because it was earlier this year where I, I had like a low month of finances and I was sort of freaking out, like sort of is actually an understatement. I was really freaking out. <laughs> I was like, I have a lot of trips I want to do this year. Like I have a lot of things I want to do and how am I going to afford this, et cetera, et cetera. All the things that we go through. And I had a client, a potential client reach out and essentially I got a very bad vibe from him up front. And I sort of felt like, hmm, I don't know if he's going to actually take my advice because it seemed like he sort of knew all the answers to the questions he was having already, you know, that type of person. And there was a couple other things that happened during the call that we had he sort of like yelled at his kids in a mean way. And like that really freaked me out and in front of me. And um, anyways, so I sort of shushed that in myself. I proposed something. Uh, he came back and sort of immediately was like, absolutely not. This is way too expensive. You would be making more than me in this situation, <laughs> um, which is not my issue. That's someone else's issue. Um, anyways, he went and flip-flopped back and forth. He then came back again and was like, actually tell me more about the proposal. And so I just went back to him and I was like, after a day and a half of thinking about it, I, and asking people like how to respond. Um, so I don't want to say that I like did this alone, but essentially I just said to him, Hey, I, I love what your podcast is. I love what you've done for the community. You obviously have a great audience and are like super engaged with your specific community. However, I was under the impression that you were not willing to move forward. And then you're coming back to me saying you kind of want to do move forward. And I really just want to work with clients who are ready and excited to work together. And I really don't think you're at that place yet. So I'll be rooting for you and maybe we can work together in the future. Bye. <laughs> you know, and so I think like, that was really scary. Like yeah. even just thinking yeah. about the situation right now, I'm like, like a little shaky thinking about sending that email. Um, but I feel really proud of myself for doing wow. that. And so I think like, even in those moments of feeling, and that's what like a lot of what you help people feel with like money is like feeling that clarity of like, no, I'm going to make the right decision for myself, even though you know, a more placating or people pleasing or yada, 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 X, Y, and Z version of myself would have responded this other way in the past, you know, and just owning that and being like, yeah, hell yeah, that's right. I'm owning my stuff and I totally am taking control essentially. Damn. Yeah. I love that. All right. Lesson one down. <laughs> All right. How many more lessons? Okay. So that's the lesson. Um, I think the other one we already talked about, like having a network of people that really get it. I love my partner. He's very smart, very intellectual. He does not understand um, like the ins and outs of marketing on social media or like invoicing and, you know, all these little right. challenges that come up throughout the process. So I think having those networks is, is really important. The lesson I'm recently learning, which we were texting about a little bit, I think this week was that 
you, you gotta take time off. You know, it can feel really, uh, scary to take time off because essentially the buck stops with you and you are the business, but you got to figure out ways to be able to take full time off, like, you know, full days where you're not looking at your email, like looking yeah. at your phone, texting people, being in social media, et cetera. So, um, that was like life-changing literally in the last week. And I have some trips coming up that I'm really excited or I'm going to be able to take some actual time off. So, so my husband and I, we have, um, we have our calendar over there. And we have like parchment a, paper. Yeah, yeah, parchment paper. I'm like, I'm very, uh, if you saw my house, like I'm very inspired by restaurants. And we're looking at the calendar. Our buddies are over. We're staying with them beginning of July for a few days, like four days. And then we have like a huge trip of like New York, Philly, like this whole thing. And they're like, yeah, we're talking about the weekend. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> My course launches on the Tuesday after our weekend. And Brett, and like, it was so annoying because like my husband is unbelievable at time management. Yeah. And he looks at me and he's like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, it's fine. I'm just going to work during the day. It's not going to be an issue. Like everything's going to be fine. Like I'm going to make this work. And he was like, yeah. sweetie, like this is your 10th launch. like." We know what happens. Yeah. It's, you're going to be working and it's going to be okay. And then, and it was so funny because then after I said to, at the, I was like, okay, I, I've accepted. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I'm so pumped. I cannot wait to launch this round of the course. But I was like, okay, so after the course launches and I have my first day, I'm going to take a week off. And he looks at me and he's like, <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he was like, yeah, you better. Because <laughs> you did it the last time. Yeah. And that had huge consequences. So you better go take a week off after that. You know how, how, how much effort you put into these launches. And like, you better take that full week off. Like, that's yeah. what I want to see from you. And I was like, oh, okay. Because like, even yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going to Colorado. I'm going to see you. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. Yeah, oh next week. And I actually think Friday is the only day I don't, like, I'm not technically working. I have, cause I just, it's just, is what it is. Like, this is just my schedule right now, but like, I, I hear you and I agree. And I think honoring that is really important and scheduling it out. And that's why like forecasting your, yeah. your launches and like your products and like what's going on is really important because I thought I was going to do okay. And I, I feel like I'm like, all right, Colorado, there's going to be a little bit of work. It's not going to, so we're taking like a little mini Mm, and yeah. then mid-July, you're going to take a full week off. Hell yeah. Wednesday Hell yeah. to Tuesday, you're going to no calls. I don't care. You're not going to do it. That's right. Get it. And we're um, all, we all know now. And we're going to just be like, what are you doing? Stop yeah. responding to me. Okay. I just, <laughs> I just told the world. And I, I thought about it. I was like, should I say this? Because you're going to hold me accountable, Emily. Podcast <laughs> listeners are going to hold me accountable. I want, I want you to see me not on social media for a week. Yeah. <laughs> and be Love like, it. good. Yeah. And if you see me on social media, call me out. Yeah. Not, it's yeah. July. We're in, we're in June right now, but in July. <laughs> yeah. In July. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Well, yeah. I think both can be true too. It's like you sometimes have these seasons where you're like, oh, it's going to be like, I'm working 10 hour days and like got to get this stuff done because 
again, you are the owner of the business and you run everything unless you have a team, which I know you do now. But so I think there's like both, you can have both. You can be like, okay, for a few months, it's going to be like all hands on deck. And by that, I mean, your two hands because it's just you. <laughs> right, but exactly. like, we're going for it, you know, communicate with the people around you, still take time to, for yourself here and there, but maybe it's like more of a season of, you know, pedal to the metal. And then, you know, I love the summer in Colorado and I want to be able to go and do things throughout the week and like take, take advantage of my favorite season here. And now I work for myself. So why the hell not? So then getting to next season where you're like, okay, well, I know what I have to do for these couple months, but it's not going to be like growth mode for me. It's just going to be like, we're going to just do what we need to do. And maybe new clients come in, maybe new work comes in, but it's not like a priority as much. And then when you get to the next season, you can do that pedal to the metal again. I think that's, you can do both. Like it's totally up to your work style and like what you want your life to be. And that's why we are, you know, entrepreneurs besides the fact of like wanting to serve the people around us, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think like people joke, like my, my mom or dad will be like, uh, how's your boss these days? Like still hard on you. Is your boss hard on you? And <laughs> while that is, while that is a joke, it can be a tool that you use like to set boundaries. You know, when I have something blocked off on my calendar, that's it. Like it's on the calendar. It's basically concrete, you know, like I'm not, I, my boss did it. So I can't take it yeah. off. <laughs> I think that I'm so, I admire that so much about you. And I think it's, what's going to make you very successful because you're really, you taught me how to like separate my calendar <laughs> yeah. yes. and all that stuff. And it's so valuable. It's like, no, this is creative time. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, I'm realizing, um, which is really exciting. I'm going to be getting a lot more into writing mm -hmm. and I'm going to need to block off time and be like, no, this is my writing time. Actually, my old um, life coach, who I love, love, love so much, Deborah Roth, uh, she like goes away for like three days a month and does her writing. And I'm like, oh, maybe one day, but I know me. I'm not there yet. I need like to learn how to trust myself that if I commit to putting it on the calendar for one hour, that I do it, that it's like, okay, yeah. then I can do two hours and I can do three. Okay. Now I can go to a cabin in the woods for a day. Totally. And then it's two. You know, it's not like, oh, I'm going to go. Yeah. Cause I know what I would do with that cabin in the woods. Please. I would watch a lot of Netflix. Oh and my just God. lay there with my dog. 100%. <laughs> yes. 100%. And that's, that's a lesson right there too. And it's, it's, I mean, you can learn it without quitting your job. It's just like, really know yourself. Like you really have to know yourself as um, someone who's working on something that's not necessarily your nine to five. Um, because if you're a person who like, you know, you, you hear the things where you're like, you should write every day and you should write immediately when you wake up. And it's like, well, if that's not how your brain is wired and like you're more creative in the afternoon, whatever, like you have to get to know those sort of like rhythms within yourself to be able to use the calendar or use those things in effective ways. You know, like I know that if I have a writing assignment, I have to do it immediately before checking anything else because like immediately in the morning, I mean, um, because that is when my brain can handle it. I can't do it like in the afternoon after I've had calls and I'm like posting on social and all these other things. So just getting to know yourself. And then also the other tool that I really have found helpful, there's two things. One is which like having a timer for that creative time is really, really helpful, like deep flow time where 
you can get into something for like 40 minutes and then take a five, 10 minute break, come back, get into it again for 40 minutes and focus on that one thing and come back. Literally like use a timer on your computer to do that and close out everything else that you're not working on. Um, Put your phone in a different room. That's really helpful for deep flow, creative time. Um, And actually my partner does research on this for the company that I worked for. And 40 minutes is like the max that a person can really focus on something deeply. So give yourself the breaks. Even if you feel like you're in the flow, you'll be better if you just give the break and then come back. And then the other thing is I've started to go to um, uh, content planning sprints. So if you can find like co-working places that do something like that, but essentially um, I go to Jamie Ratterman's um, content planning sprint. She has like a membership for these things where you go for two and a half hours and she sort of manages the time for you. Like she'll pull you in and out of breaks and she'll do little breathing exercises and somatic stuff between breaks. So finding little places like that, that you know are on the calendar that you're like, okay, well, I know I have content planning coming up this day um, and I can get things kind of banged out for the rest of the month at that time so that you're not like, oh God, when am I going to like create the posts and like write the emails and all this kind of annoying stuff. (laughs) I love that. I love that so much. I think that's so valuable. I've, I've never even thought to like put it on like a little timer. Yeah. I I'm, it's a really good practice. There's a book book called deep work. uh, I think it's by Cal Newport, which talks all about essentially like getting into flow states for creative endeavors or like things you just need more focus for. And he talks about the timers in that, but he talks about a lot of other things. So it's actually a really great book to, to look into for folks who are looking to do more of that. Like, cool. We'll put it in the show notes for sure. Sick. Cool. Yeah. And I think, let's see any other logistics things. I think not even like logistics, emotional, all the things. Uh, I think, you know, obviously like this is a money podcast primarily, right. But, um, life podcast in general, because money is everything. But I think I learned in this year, 2021, 2022, what year are we in? What the hell? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where are we? But I think I learned uh, this year in particular that money will come if you keep consistently showing up. And I think it can feel scary if you feel like you're in the hole or like you're not making as much one month that you want to make the next month or whatever. But it, if you keep consistently showing up and trying hard and like doing the things that we've been talking about here and all um, of that, the money will come. And it's not to say that you shouldn't like go out and pitch clients or like ask for projects or find new work. But I mean, that's part of it, finding money. But um, I think that's a lesson I needed to learn this year is that when you have a low month, it doesn't mean that you will be at that level forever, especially if you just like consistently keep pushing. And that doesn't mean working 80 hour weeks. It just means like, you know, the activities that you know you need to do to keep the business going and thriving, you have to schedule those on your calendar every week and just keep doing them Yeah, for whatever energy you have to, to push towards them. That month, that low month that you had where you like turned down that client, if you look back really like, did you make changes in the business and do things differently after that because of that month? Well, first of all, I think I was more adamant with boundaries with my current clients. 
meaning like I was letting some things slide that maybe were out of scope or whatever. And after that, I kind of had a little bit more hubris to be like, no, this isn't in scope. We can talk about what it would be to extend that, but this is not within our current contract. Um, So I think it gave me more confidence with current clients. And then I think what I'm finding with my business is that word of mouth is always the best um, referrals and, you know, cold pitching is fine. And it's gotten me a couple of clients, but it's not, you know, the thing that like churns my business. So I think I just got more comfortable with asking current clients or past clients like, Hey, do you know people who would maybe be good clients based on the work that we've done together? Um, you know, I, I frame it as sort of like, I have some openings in my, my calendar, which is not untrue. It's just a good way of phrasing it. I agree. Yeah. So I think those two things. And then the other thing I think I had to step back and think about was like, well, what does success actually look like in my business? Like what will make me feel successful in this endeavor of, of being self-employed? And it really comes down to having freedom of time. and. So I think I also learned that, okay, well, I need to raise some of my rates because I don't want to work an absorbent amount more because I'm really liking the lifestyle I have right now where I can like go to the gym for two hours in the middle of the day. And then like, you know, maybe take off early on certain days to go hiking. And, you know, there's the flexibility I have is, is pretty important to me. And the reason I left my job again. So it made me go back to why am I doing this? And how can I keep the things I really want to be my success like meters and also make more money? So yeah, it, it, it spawned a lot of reflection <laughs> for sure. Yeah. That, those, those periods of um, the, the valleys are really the time for growth. You know, it's so funny, right? Because we are like, oh, the universe is conspiring against us because the money isn't coming in and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wow, how valuable Mm. was that time when we really think about it? Like, wow, to pause and make change and to see Mm -hmm. that change come to fruition in a positive way. It's like, if you need any indication that you needed the break, look at what you're doing right now. Mm. Mm. Man, you always gas me up, AJ. It's so great. I'm like, yeah, maybe I am the baddest bitch. <laughs> that is my goal. That is yeah. my goal. Oh my God, this has been so amazing. Okay, so now we're going to move into our segment just uh, where I'm going to ask you some deeper questions. It's called Ooh. Secrets Out. Okay. And we're going to hear some uh, some secrets, some truths. Okay. Okay, great. What's the worst thing you've ever done with money? Oh God. Uh I mean, I used to like overdraft, overspend all the time. Yeah, I think I just really was a chronic overspender and was also like really scared to look at my accounts constantly. So I never did. And therefore I was just like spending, 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 spending. I had to ask my sister for help um, a few times, which was terrible. Uh, At the beginning of my relationship with my partner, he had to help me out with money at one point. Um, not a large amount, but just to like hold me over. So I think like, I don't have like a specific event, but I was just chronically overspending and 
not in any sense of control with it. <laughs> wow. Wow. How things yeah. have changed. Oh my God. Yeah. It, I look at it almost every day, but definitely every week I have like a money date with myself, as you know. I know. I love it. it makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, so what's the best thing you've ever done with money? I think I'm really proud of the fact that I was so prepared to leave my job. You know, I paid so many bills up front so that I was ready. I like really felt very planned out with it. Like I had my emergency fund and then I had an additional fund that was like for my spending money for those first six to nine months. I, I feel really, really proud of all of that. And the fact that in order to get there, I paid off all my student loans and paid for my car. So I didn't have any debt. So I'm really proud of all of that. And I feel really empowered from knowing that I can do that again and again. Wow. Yeah. Oh gosh. I'm <laughs> so proud. I love that. Yeah. And I'm so proud of you for being proud because you should be, <laughs> you should be proud of that. Yeah. Okay. Last question. What's the least amount of money? That's a lot of money to you. Like if you lost or wasted this amount of money, you'd be really upset. I think if I lost like $300, I mean, that is like, that has a really good question because it really indicates like how someone grew up, I think. <laughs> I think uh, there was a time where I studied abroad and I went to an ATM. I got 200 euros out and I forgot to take the money with me and I walked away from it before I took the freaking money, which is so stupid. And I was a little uh, drunk at the time. <laughs> and I felt like I still feel guilt about that, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I think it's around, it would be like around $300 now. Well, let's just think about the day you made for somebody else, right? <laughs> I know <laughs> they're like, imagine? what? 200 euro? No one's here? Let's go. This is Could great. you imagine? Oh <laughs> so my good. God. Yeah, you're right. I paid it forward to the next person who maybe, maybe they needed it, you know? And oh God. Good. Yeah. But like, but, but like, let's just for a second, like if you were to lose X amount, it would be like, oh, damn, that like is going to impact my budget and like oh, yeah, my yeah. retirement. Okay. So and, like, maybe like, more like, like 10K then. <laughs> we really went on a journey there. Journey, yeah. ding, ding, ding. 310K. Well, well, <laughs> well, it's like, it's interesting, right? Because there is very, you know, like, there's nothing worse than buying something for 50 bucks and never using it, right? Yeah. But like, what's the thing that's like, holy shit. Like, like I made a big mistake. Yeah. I made a really big mistake and there are consequences for this mistake. Yeah, I think it is 10K because that feels like the the like round amount that would like really make an impact on like the investment accounts I have and stuff right now. Right. Um, I mean, even just saying that, to be honest, is like, I think the $300 is like an Emily of the five years ago and the 10K is the Emily that is living the quote unquote rich life that I'm living now, which doesn't mean I'm wealthy. It just means that I'm living a full life. And you're stable. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's it. Mm, that's so, I'm going to like noodle on that for a while. <laughs> you noodle. You noodle. noodle it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, wait, I have an addition, a little question to the secrets out. Are you ever going to perform like theatrically live? Because <laughs> I see you with your ukulele. Oh, man. I don't think so. I was in an acapella group at Ithaca. So I love wow, performing. Wow, good for you. 
I do love performing. I love singing and making music. I think eventually, maybe in the 10 year plan, it would be cool to do some like open mics with Ten my partner's years. also a musician. I just, it's not what? a priority right now. Okay, I like fair. doing it at home with us. Like I like writing music together and, and that kind of stuff. But uh, it's just, it really is just for, for me at the moment. So, well, I also post it, but that's for accountability reasons. But yeah. <laughs> I love that. Just like, yeah, yeah. I just, I love <laughs> entrepreneurs and, and no, I take that back. I love anybody who's willing to put themselves out there and get mm. uncomfortable, like, and challenge themselves. I totally. love, I love that. I love a person who's like, this is fucking awkward and this is really challenging, but I'm going to go, you know, do like for the mental piece of it. Yeah. I'm so inspired by that. You got to put yourself in the stretch zone. You don't have to put yourself in the panic zone all the time, but you got to get like 10% out of that comfort zone. It doesn't need to be bungee jumping, skydiving shit to get out of your comfort zone. It can just be little stuff that you're like, a past version of myself would hate this because I'm not immediately succeeding at it. But I'm a little bit out of my comfort zone and I'm learning something new and that is a win in and of itself. So it's like helpful for my business as well, because it just gives me a little bit of feeling of growth overall. I agree. And that leads really well into one of the questions, which is what is a goal that you're working towards today that would have been impossible five years ago to imagine? Ooh, yeah. I think a goal that I'm working towards at the moment is hiking Kilimanjaro in a couple months. Um, <laughs> crazy. Oh my God. That's yes. so crazy. So I, I mean, I don't even think, I also like, I would like to say that I am a, a person who doesn't drink. And so I think that that helped a lot with like the clarity of mind as I was like leaving my job and all of that. So I think there's a couple of things. It's like working for myself. It is being sober. It is living in this beautiful place that is like a literal playground for all the things I love to do all of those things had come together to be like, oh, wow, I can do more than I thought I was capable of. So Kilimanjaro is coming up end of August and then we'll do a safari. So it is like truly an unbelievable experience and I'm so excited about, and I am actively training and getting ready for that mentally with my partner. Wow. Incredible. That is so cool. Secrets out, baby. Secrets out. Oh my God, Emily. It was so fantastic chatting with you. I think we could have obviously talked for three more hours, which we probably will later on. Uh, where can people find you? Yeah, I'm most active on Instagram, Podcast Nerdery, um, or you can go to my website, emilyholland.co. Amazing. And who are you working with these days? Yeah, I work with a lot of outdoor-related podcasts, but I have worked with finance podcasts. I've worked with like, dad podcast. Love it. Uh, I just recently did a project with a um, female focused gaming company, a podcast, which is really, really fun. So I'm just working with a lot of cool clients who are doing cool shit out in the world. And that's where I always want to be is working in that space. I love it. And then before we leave, should we just really geek out about Eric for a second? Eric is the best. He has made my life so much better for my own podcast. Thank you, Eric. Love you, love you. We love you. <laughs> we love you, Eric. Thanks for everything you're doing for us. Uh, yes. All right. So thanks. all your audio, audio and video needs, go to Eric. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Emily. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to Everybody's Bad With Money. Your support makes a huge difference. And if you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. If you're listening and you're thinking, yes, I'm so ready to get my finances in order. I'm so done living the way that I'm living and I'm ready for a change. I really don't know how to get started, but I'm ready. Heal your relationship with money and become financially free begins July 12th. In 10 weeks, you will learn everything you need to know to budget, get out of debt, build wealth, and change your money mindset to an attractor. You have 24-hour support, live sessions, and a one-on-one call with a financial freedom coach. Since it is so hands-on, spots are limited, and you must apply to be enrolled. Learn more at beyondthegreencoaching.com and apply with the link in the show notes. Are you ready to take control over your finances and become the wealthiest person you know? The program is $2,100 or six payments of $400. Apply and sign up before June 29th to receive one month of coaching for free. You heard me right. One free month. Still listening? Head to the link in the show notes to apply and start your financial freedom journey today.